Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, <laughs> super wonderful, Aww. crazily hard-working <laughs> Disney dog-loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Thank you, She sweetie. is not a dog. She is adorable, <laughs> but she loves Disney dogs. I do. I do. Thank you, honey, and hello, everybody. <laughs> so good to have you with us. We're recording this episode on Sunday, January 24th, 2021. Mm. We're moving our way through January, through yeah. the winter time. We actually had a nice winter storm blowing through here I yesterday. I know, I know. Uh, here it was very chilly and rainy, but I know in some parts of San Diego with uh, higher elevations, they got snow. Yeah, here we are, you know complaining about a winter storm when most of the people out there who are probably listening to us are living in some climate where it's like, yeah, that's the way it's been for the last three months. Know, Welcome right? to our world. <laughs> so, sorry, we're not really complaining. It's no. just, it's an interesting Actually, fact. Actually, When you live in Southern California, when you get rain, it's like the news stops. I because know. It's not the way we, uh, we, what, what we, it's not the norm here. Let's right. just say that. So. Well, and last week, the week before was like in the 80. Right. Yeah, it was at 80 or 81. So yeah, it was more than that in some parts yeah, of the county. So. It was really warm, but, but, uh, we digress. Anyway, yes. uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, we'd really love if you sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. I think I'm going to have some interesting things coming out. I'm, I'm not sure if Finally, it's going to be. Uh, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Finally. Just kidding. Uh, possibly on this one. It may be the next one, but we are, are going to have some new information coming out on the uh, the newsletter for those of you who, who subscribe to it. It's just kind of a way to be more in the Hyperion Adventures know to kind of be a little bit more locked into what we have going on with our episodes, what's going on with the Disney Dishes blog, and just a few other things that we have happening in our world. Right. You're like our VIPs. That's right. You are our VIPs. <laughs> You're all VIPs, but the sure. newsletter uh, subscribers just a little bit more. You just have a little bit more access. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. Another way to get great access with us is to follow us along on social media. We have a lot of fun with a lot of other people. Uh, Disney family members, you know, Disney content creators, mm -hmm. Hyperion Adventures, all out on social media. And if you want to find us there, you can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. Hopefully you're checking out some of these episodes on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast, hit subscribe, and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures podcast at gmail.com right we love hearing from you all and uh, we love people who share things and this week we got a really interesting email that had some wonderful sharing from scott who showed some pictures that he and his wife did of one of their spare bedrooms and oh my gosh i want to hire these people to come decorate our house yeah it was uh, it's really <laughs> cool i'll talk about that in just a second here uh we did on, on a couple of different platforms mm -hmm. get some response from last week's episode including on instagram uh amanda hit us up uh on instagram you can find her at awe a-U, Amanda June on Instagram, and she wanted to include her list in uh, cool. after our last episode, which was the uh, uh, most uh, iconic, iconic, our favorite iconic Disney songs slash 
songs that shout Disney are the longest name ever for an episode. Anyway, uh, she said, Amanda said, my list for songs for this week's podcast, I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan, Mm -hmm. Show Yourself and Let It Go, both of them. (laughs) Hashtag Amen Love Frozen, of course, and Frozen 2. When You Wish Upon a Star, which Mm -hmm. was very popular and not surprising. How Far I'll Go from Moana. Happily Ever After from the, uh, you know, Fireworks Spectacular at Walt Disney World. Uh, Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, of course. Mm -hmm. Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid. A Whole New World from Aladdin. And Yoho, A Pirate's (laughs) Life for Me from, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, You did mention Scott Minnesota did hit us up. He, of course, suggested our topic for last week. Uh, So he hit us up again. He said, what a great episode with your top five iconic Disney songs. I loved all the listener responses, some of which should have ended up on my list. I didn't realize that park attractions were in play as well. So in true (laughs) Hyperion Adventures podcast tradition, here is my second list of iconic (laughs) Disney songs. He has number five, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, You Can Fly. Number three, Zippity Doodah. Number two, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Uh, 1B was the organ music <laughs> from the Haunted Mansion. And 1A was Grim Grinning Ghost. Nice. So a couple of Haunted Mansion right. songs in there. And like you mentioned, he said, my wife would kill me if we didn't include the Haunted Mansion in there as we just converted one of our spare bedrooms into a haunted mansion room. I've included some photos for your approval. Uh, those photos will be on our uh, so on our YouTube uh, video nice. of this episode. So if you want to check those out, uh, go to YouTube Great and job. find this. So yeah, cool. Thanks, Scott. Again, thanks for the yes. topic and uh, thanks for the input. Thanks for all the listener input on right. last week's episode. We had uh, it was really a great response. Yeah, phenomenal, and we appreciate it very much. Yeah, we sure do. And uh, you brought to, to light some things that we didn't even think of mm-hmm. some songs. So thank you. Yes, really appreciate it. Whenever you guys help us out, you do it all the time. Uh, we wouldn't do this show without you because you, you are what drives us week in right. and week out. So we appreciate whether you just listen or if you respond or whatever you, however much you take part, we just appreciate you very much. Now, uh, before we get into this week's topic, I want to talk a little bit about a couple things from Disney Plus that we watched mm-hmm. this week. Once again, uh, we went through episode. So three of WandaVision, and I'm not going to give any spoilers away for it if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but still completely locked into the right. show. I don't know what you think, Michelle. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's uh, riveting the the way they do it with the different um, decade genres that they include in it. It's really fun to see some of that scenery and just the, the way they're telling that story. Um, and I think you mentioned last week, uh, kind of twilight zone feel mm-hmm. that, you know, like y- y- you're starting to laugh at something and then you're realizing, wait, there might be a little something eerie mm-hmm. about that. And so, um, the mystery is still there and it's really intriguing. There are hints being dropped right and left. And I think it's ramping up. Like if you will go from, we discussed this yesterday mm-hmm. or uh, the other day after watching the episode, if you go from episode one to episode two, there were more hints dropped. Episode three, I think had some huge mm-hmm. hints dropped and as to what's going on um there's some symbols that are out there some other things that really tie into the marvel universe from comics of the past and right. such that i think are going to are going to be in play obviously within the show i think more and more into phase four of the marvel cinematic mm-hmm. universe really a lot of stuff going on and i cannot wait i'm totally locked in i'm totally sold i cannot see wait to see where this story goes right and you had done some research too on like some of the symbolism in there and everything and i think that also helped well, one, add to some of the mystery, like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder why that's playing in here and things like that. But I think it also um, makes it a little bit more understandable mm-hmm. 
that you know what's actually going on yeah and which we don't still know we what's going know. on but yeah, it helps us it's, it's great <laughs> that we can speculate on some of these things that's kind of what i i like about this the water cooler show where it's not all dumped on you at one right. time i mean yes of course especially with a show like this we want to know what's going on we'd love to be following through and seeing what's happening out there but i kind of like the fact that we're getting these episodes dropped on us and then we have a week to think about it right. go watch it again speculate on it everybody's kind of around the same timeline so it's not somebody is like five episodes in one of your friends is five episodes right. in you're only three episodes in so you know you're always trying to you know be careful right. about spoilers i love that about the way disney plus is doing some of these shows like sure the, this and the mandalorian right and i think the big difference with the mandalorian the mandalorian actually had like different storylines that mm -hmm. that you could discuss with friends or like oh wait you're not caught up to that one yet and this one is a little bit different more of a what do you think that meant? Or why did this happen? Or mm -hmm. did you notice that? Mm -hmm. That kind of conversation. Anyway, there are some key symbols out there. If you're interested in what I what I kind of believe is going on, there are some key symbols. There's some key stuff dropped in those little commercial bites that they put in there mm -hmm. that I think are going to be playing a part in what we're going to see as we move forward. But I don't want to delve too much again. No, I don't want to get too much into spoilers right. of this episode, but we'll have lots to talk about as we progress, I'm sure. For uh, Another thing we watched just yesterday Yesterday, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, is we watched all of the Pixar popcorn <laughs> shorts. And they're very short. They're only yes. like three minutes long. Yeah. Some of them, I think that's like yeah. the longest of right. them. Uh, but they're very funny, very well done. Yeah. Um, I, we enjoyed, I think, every single one of them. Some we think we got more laughs out of than right. others. But I thought we, we, we thought they were all uh, stunning. Yeah. I mean, to contain so much in such a short time, so creative mm -hmm. and just love. Um, they're all char involving characters that we've seen in other Pixar movies. Uh, they touched on a lot of different uh, characters, actually. And uh, yeah, it was just fun. It was just fun watching. It was just like so cute. Um, but again, I, I was really impressed mm -hmm. by the level of creativity in such a small segment to get uh, you know, the, a message across or the story all across. Right. And, and finally, um, yeah, the, by the pips or popcorn, you know, it doesn't take you very long to watch them all, no. but they're highly enjoyable. You know, right. and we just had a blast watching those last night. Uh, finally, I just want to talk about another thing that finally just came to Disney plus that we watched again last night, which was Mary Poppins mm -hmm. returns, which we've seen obviously a long time ago. Right. Um, we, we got to do a review of it. We got to see it early because of where my job was at the time and right. this podcast tied together. We were able to see a screening of it early and, and do some reviews of it. But um, it'd been a while since we'd really been able to watch it. And now it's finally on Disney plus, mm -hmm. And that's really nice uh, that it's, it's readily available for us. And I just really enjoyed it. And because of the fact that it's so tied into um, us because right. of some things that we've been able to experience with it, and this podcast, um, it was just so nice to to check it all out again last night. Right. It was, you know, you forget how much you really enjoy it until you see it again. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I like that film. And then when we're playing it, it's like, I really like this mm -hmm. film. It's really heartwarming. Uh, a lot of parts to it that really just, you know, touched our hearts you know, mm -hmm. on an emotional level and, um, you know, love the music and had a great time with it. Right. And it's not the original Mary mm -hmm. Poppins. Nothing is going to match up to that masterpiece. Right. I mean, you can't really, com I mean, you obviously you have to compare the two because it is another Mary Poppins film, but it's a film that was done more than 50 years later. Obviously you can't get Julie Andrews mm -hmm. in it. You can't get 
Dick Van Dyke to play Whoa. a major role in it anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that obviously uh, Emily Blunt did a fine job right. of playing Mary Poppins. Is she Julie Andrews? No, but she did a great job. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know we love him right. very much. Um, mm-hmm. He does a great job. Is he Dick Van Dyke? No, but he does a great job in the role that he's doing. And it was just, yes, the music's fantastic. Is it like the originals? It, probably not as good as that, but it is really good right, music, right. and it is a really fun story, an interesting story. And um, if you, if you haven't watched it, I, I would imagine you probably have. But or if you haven't revisited it since it got back on Disney Plus, check it out again because it is it is an excellent excellent movie. Right. I think one of the things that um, we were talking about last night when we watched it was uh, the first time we saw it in the screening. Uh, at least from a personal level, I think my bar was set a little too high I enjoyed it but it was you know like oh it's not quite what I thought it would be uh but then once you just kind of get that past that and you just say oh I'm just going to watch this for the film of watching this and then really loved it you know and and each time I see it I enjoy it a bit more right yeah I think there's a lot more to take into it but uh watched it the first time loved it watched the second time loved it watched it a few more times after that and then finally when we watched it again I've loved it ever since so Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a great film and I highly recommend you check it out again while it's on Disney plus so uh let's get into this week's stuff we have lots of stuff for you this week including we have a couple of announcement of things that we love that are returning soon one to the disney parks another to disney plus i will talk about yeah. both those things coming up here in a little bit also if you were a disneyland annual pass holder who is wondering what's next for your chances to return to the happiest place on earth well your chance may be coming soon to lend your voice to that plan i'll tell you all about that as well but let's get to our main topic of the week You're right, Mickey. He is a fine dog. He <laughs> is a smart dog. Yes. He is the original yeah. Disney dog. Yes. Today, we're talking all about one of the sensational six, um, a character that we love both watching him on many of the films mm-hmm. or shorts or whatever he's involved with, but also meeting up with and doing meet and greets in the parks right. or the Disney Cruise Line or whatever. And of course, we're talking about Pluto. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a great, great character. And um, I, I, I know Michelle agrees. For, oh, she I, loves love, Pluto. I love the personality. I mean, they've done uh, throughout the years an amazing job at getting his personality to come through. And it's just so lovable and funny. And uh, you can't help but kind of just smile when you see him for sure for sure he just you know he's got that animated edge to him but he also he's he's a dog all the way through and it's (laughs) so great to check him out so uh so yes it's another deep dive into a a disney character just as we did uh, a couple months back when we did donald Mm -hmm. duck this time we're going into another classic character into pluto and whenever we do these deep dives into any topic (laughs) well we always rely on michelle because one she's wonderful spectacular (laughs) beautiful uh but she also does such great research such great deep dives so i can't wait to hear what she's dug up <laughs> maybe he's looking for a bone right. as, as pluto would be right uh what she's dug up about the original disney dog 
Pluto. So, Michelle, please take it away. Oh, well, thank you. You're so kind. Um, so, there, you know, there was some really interesting things that I did find during the research that kind of surprised me, like, oh, I never knew that or whatever. Um, you know, but I, I do think one of the recurring themes is just the personality of Pluto and how important that was for many reasons throughout the company. So, um, but just to kind of like first set the stage with some history, you know, Pluto starred in nearly 50 of his own cartoon shorts. Mm -hmm. And then you throw in that he's been on other with other characters mm -hmm. such as Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, uh, Chip and Dale, etc. So, you know, he, he's got quite a resume out there of, does, of yeah. films that he's been in. Um, you know, when he started, the dog that would eventually evolve into Pluto um, first made his debut as a bloodhound in 1930 <laughs> in a Mickey Mouse cartoon called The Chain Gang. And, um, well, actually, there were two bloodhounds in that, and um, they were bloodhound brothers. And as Walt Disney himself described it is, back in the early 30s, we were doing a story where Mickey Mouse escaped from a chain gang. We needed a bloodhound. Pluto got the part and turned out so well, we used him twice. <laughs> so, Perfect. I know. So, uh, But in the same year, he played Minnie's dog as Rover uh, in The Picnic. And then the following year was when he, he became Mickey's dog, Pluto, in The Moose Hunt. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, you know, very early on how he, he started his name. And this is, uh, I actually saw it on multiple sites, but I, I took it from D23, which I felt like is at least a... The official uh, Disney right. fan club. They should have their right info. Right. Um, they didn't say exactly, but they, they, they very much felt that the name was chosen in order of the headline-grabbing, newly discovered planet of 1930. <laughs> Sorry, Pluto, we lost your planet. <laughs> I know. Well, I think that's why people still want to fight for that. Just because of the, Just the because lovable of, little dog. Right, right. Uh, so um, the other thing that was interesting is Walt made pairing Pluto as a pet project uh, with Donald Duck. And he just felt that the personalities between the two of them, between, you know, um, Donald Duck having, you know, these these temperature tantrums and, you know, kind of like big personality and and Pluto just being kind of that lovable little dog would make a great mix together. And so he put uh, the duck and dog show together <laughs> in several different the films. Duck and dog show, I love it. <laughs> You know, so there's uh, um, Donald and Pluto. Pretty easy to remember that name, right? Uh, Donald's Dog Laundry, which we talked about when we did the Donald Duck episode mm -hmm. where it was one of uh, Donald's, you know, uh, business ventures is right. having a dog laundry. And then uh, there's another great one called The Eyes Have It. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of a great pairing. And it was, I, I thought it was insightful to hear that Walt was the one that really was kind of driving that and saw that yeah. as, a, as a great mix. You know, interesting because, um, he, like you said, you know, Donald can get riled up, as we all know. Mm -hmm. and, and Pluto, you know, is the lovable pooch, right. you know. But I, there's many times, especially like with Chip and Dale, just like with Donald, <laughs> Pluto's gotten pretty riled up in, right, in some of these right. characters as well, a little frustrated. And he can show a little edge <laughs> as well. He, That's you know, true. You know, so maybe he's, maybe a little Donald is rubbed off on him. That could be. And we're going to talk about something really important later on and, and kind of in that that uh, topic there but yeah i mean you know for both pluto and donald they're they're characters where things just don't work out the way they had first planned them and it's, so it's kind of funny that they both have that kind of um of 
luck, I guess, or or a thing about or about them, and yet how they uh, how they come across is very different, and and I do think they play off of each other really nicely. Yeah, so for sure. Um, but Pluto also, you can see that he had uh, elements of family throughout some of his films. So, um, you know, typically he's kind of considered, you know, a bachelor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but he is seen in a, a few films with uh, showing his romantic side. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I just uh, just before, you know, coming on today, I, I, I watched one of uh, where he was with Mickey and it was called, I think, Society Dog Show. Mm-hmm. And um you know, spoilers, whatever. Uh, there's a fire and Pluto actually rescues another little love mm-hmm. interest of his. Uh, in spoilers it from, from a, an, like an 80 year old short. I know from, from a fire, you know, it, but it, it just, it's really cute to see that. Um, but he is attracted to several different canines throughout the years. Uh, Fifi, the Pekingese <laughs> and Dinah, the Dutch, Dutch, I can't say that. Dutch hound. Dutch hound. Yeah. I'm having a tough time talking again. The today. wiener dog. That's right. The wiener dog. <laughs> um, there's also Pluto's quintuplets, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which he and Fifi are seen as Mr. and Mrs. Pluto, <laughs> and they become parents to five mischievous mini Plutos. Mm. And uh, in my research, I saw that that was actually written as part of a, some famous quintuplets of that time frame too oh, really? so uh pluto seems to tag on to what's current history going on at least in his early years so um but we also saw later on in another film where pluto is a doggy daddy uh of a pup in pluto jr so <laughs> very creative name yes right pluto jr pluto jr um but you know so as you can see pluto did you know in addition to being uh, mickey's dog and best friend to Minnie Mouse too, uh, that, you know, he had some family involvement. As Very well. cool. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff for sure. Uh, so the next element is in terms of Pluto and speaking, you know, and we're, we're really used to hearing him, you know, his little, his little kind of bark, but he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, mainly. Um, but the animators really felt that they wanted to be more expressive in his personality. Um, but there were a couple instances where he did speak. Actually. Really? Yeah. Mm. So I, mean, I know what you're talking about with some little, like, rawr, 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 right. you know, but he's not <laughs> Scooby-Doo or something. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. And you know, it's just very little things here. Um, in his, uh, one of his early films, the moose hunt, he actually says, kiss me to Mickey. <laughs> so, and I know I've seen that, but I don't remember that. Huh. Um, and then years later, uh, in Mickey's Kangaroo, uh, you you hear his inner thoughts. So uh, I guess he's not really talking as like he's talking, like communicating. The, vo- the voice him, in Pluto's the head. The voice in Pluto's head. Yeah. And, you know, then there's another time we hear him crooning. Well, sort of hear him <laughs> crooning. Actually, there's a hidden record player that is uh, playing a song from the three caballeros yeah. <laughs> uh, called you belong to my heart. And so that's kind of a, a, a cute thing that he, he was seen doing as yeah. well. Nice. Um, but veteran Pluto animator, Nick Nichols explained in the, I'll quote here we're we've generally kept Pluto all dog. He doesn't speak except for a breathy. Yeah. Yeah. And a panting raspy kind of a laugh. And Disney legend um, Pinto Kolvig, who was the original vo- voice of Goofy, performs most of Pluto's wolves, woofs, yaps, and yelps. Hmm. 
But today's Disney legend, Bill Farmer, carries on the vocal tradition barking for Pluto. Oh, that's cool. Right? Mm. So a tie-in of uh, legends both both times early on and, and current. So. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Pluto... You know, it is interesting and it's always the question. I think it's been out there for years, but also um, was brought up in like movies is, you know, why does Pluto not talk more than like what you're saying? And he's a dog. Is Goofy a dog? He looks like a dog. He was a dog originally, but he talks. Why can he talk? There's always that question out there. Right. I mean, I think um, in in looking into this, you know, they had Pluto. I mean, excuse me, they had Goofy and he he did talk and they, they decided they really did want a pure dog, you know, to, to play a different role, you know? And so, um, it's interesting that, that he actually can be a star of his own films with the fact that he never does really talk. Yeah. I think the answer is we were talking about Marvel earlier, uh, that Goofy is a mutant. (laughs) (laughs) He at one time was an actual dog who would run around and bark. And then, you know, he got hit by terrigen gas or something and he mutated into the walking, talking dog. There you go. What a great theory. Yes, I know. Maybe Marvel picked that up. Trademark that one. (laughs) So smart. Um, so the other interesting thing, and it, it kind of parallels with a topic we talked about with the Donald Duck, because again, they originated around the same time, is that um, with with the the issue of World War II. And so actually, the day after the Pearl Harbor attack on the U.S., um, the Army actually moved into the Disney Studios in Burbank uh, to house troops and um, to kind of protect uh, Lockheed Aircraft plant which was very close by there and so you know we we talked about also how Walt was very much um, loyal to this cause and wanted to make sure that um, you know he was supporting those efforts but in actuality um, by the government hiring Walt to create films for the the military it's uh, it actually ended up coming to about 90% of the company's production during those wartime years because they were losing monies from overseas, et cetera. So um, it actually really helped save the studios. Right. Yeah, no, the, a lot of the the propaganda films, the shorts that they mm-hmm. did at that time, selling war bonds and helping to support the effort, did help, one, it kept the, help the animators employed. Right. And then it also, you know, did, and it, of course, helped, you know, the, the, the process of what we were going through and helped the country, you right. know, in so many ways. So it was it was really a well-rounded effort and very helpful to all sorts of different causes. That's true. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, as I mentioned, Walt was very much uh, loyal to, you know, the United States and to this cause and found another quote where he said, uh, we passed a resolution when the war started that any work we would do for the war effort would be done at cost, that there would be no element of profit in the thing. I didn't want a profit. I had a feeling that every one of those kids out there had been raised on Mickey Mouse and everybody's in that war when people are out there giving up their lives. I don't like profit in the war, you see. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, right? So um, so as part of the war effort, Pluto suited up for service. Yes, and, um, you know, along with Mickey and, and the rest of the gang and, and Donald, uh, in private Pluto, 
Uh, we see Pluto guarding a pillbox that two pesky chipmunks. Mm-hmm. Who, could, who could those be? <laughs> that they're trying to use for acorn storage. Uh, then in the army mascot, Pluto actually outwits a mascot goat to become the new army mascot. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a fine dog. He's a smart dog. That's right. <laughs> Top dog. Yes. In uh, Canine Patrol, uh, Pluto was a member of the Coast Guard. Oh, very good. Right? Um, But according to Walt Disney, and here's another quote, I believe Pluto's proudest moment really came during World War II when our fighting forces in every sector of the world began to shower in requests for Pluto to pose for their battle insignia. Nice. Right? Yeah, that's great. So uh, in actuality, the patriotic pup, appeared in approximately 45 Disney-designed military insignia for those outfits that they actually chose Pluto to be their mascot. That's really cool. Right? Uh, See, it's not just us that love Pluto. It's not just Disney fans, uh, just, you know, people around the the globe. And, and, uh, you know, obviously just very inspiring for this effort that we're going through at that point. Right, exactly. I mean, it's just kind of, to me, uh, so mind-boggling how big something like a cartoon character Mm -hmm. but the fact that he is lovable and that people do are attracted to him and see you know the personality that he brings to where they actually sought out to choose him as their mascot in in such a you know horrific time of uh of the you know well actually the world's history and it just it goes to show that uh, the smallest things can play a big role. Definitely, definitely. And even the little lovable pup like uh, Pluto can be a huge hero uh, to so many people, definitely. Right. Uh, So Pluto also is a big comic star Mm -hmm. as well, comic book star. Um, uh, He's in Worldwide Comics, uh, the first Disney comic uh, publication to feature original material just starring Pluto uh, was called Pluto Saves the Ship, and it was originally printed back in 1942. Wow. Yeah, co-written by comic book maestro, the le- Disney legend Carl Banks. Very cool. Right? Yeah. I know. When I was reading these things, I was like, oh my gosh, that's pretty Some cool. Amazing history there. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, he was also rewarded with another uh, of his own comic books in 52, uh, including elaborate graphics of uh, Pluto Joins the Circus, which was a 30-page epic drawn by Mickey and Pluto master Paul Murray. So a graphic novel, essentially, not right. just a comic book. Like right. A, a, basically a graphic novel. Exactly. Cool. So who would have thought? Pluto. Yeah. Wow. Right? He's a star. He's a superstar. He is a star. You? You're you a know? superstar. So, you know, he, it, it's, he's been captured in comics uh, and translated in multiple different languages around the world. Uh, truly total star quality he is he's a star love pluto so much so uh and obviously we know he is a television star as well uh early on you know he started start in uh disneyland Mm -hmm. the the show Mm -hmm. uh the mickey mouse club Mm -hmm. in the 50s and then moved on as time progressed to the disney channel disney jr and now Disney Plus. Yeah, we were just watching him on the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. They have a, a right? special, really, or one special. It's one of the episodes that revolves, I think he's in a couple episodes, right. but one episode really revolves around him a lot. Exactly. Really cool, yeah. 
So, but he also was a star in video games. Mm-hmm. And I, I obviously Kingdom Hearts came to mind when I was hearing this. Small role in Kingdom Hearts, right. but he's involved, yeah. But there were some other ones that I, I found that um, were interesting. Uh, he played in, uh, he actually was in a non-playable character in um Mickey Mania, mm. which I don't really recall that one. I've, I've never played that one. It I don't like believe. Yeah, the early '90s, but this one cracked me up. He he is. There's a Disney Golf <laughs> for PS2, <laughs> and if the player's uh, golf ball goes out of bounds, then Pluto comes over to help you look for <laughs> your, the the ball. Oh wow! <laughs> I thought that was so cute. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And Sniff then, it out. Right. And he was a bloodhound originally, as we've learned. So <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. And then, uh, as you mentioned, he doesn't have a huge role in, in Kingdom Hearts, but he is there. Uh, he's Mickey's pet in there. Uh, and he also... King Mickey in that. That's right. Good <laughs> point. Um, and he's also um, stays by Carrie's side oh, in there. Nice. So kind of her protector kind of can't tell if he really likes her or just wants to protect <laughs> he her likes it. Pluto likes everybody that's true except for maybe Chip and Tail <laughs> everybody else Pluto likes so but and that one dog who steals his bone you know right not really right happy with him either but exactly um you know but there was one really significant contribution that Pluto's animation really uh left as a legacy and that was early on in 1934 um, and it it was this thing called the fi- fly paper sequence. Why am I having easy for you to say? Yeah, fly paper sequence. <laughs> that's not that's not an easy <laughs> thing to say. Uh, and it's in the the film uh, Playful Especially Pluto. Especially when you say famous fly paper right. sequence, you have that's to really, right. You know, that's true. Really talk it slowly through. I know, and I get. Uh, I, I don't know. You can probably tell. I get anxious. Like, I got to get through all this stuff. And <laughs> uh, it is great stuff. Uh, some really interesting information here, for sure. You're, you're sweet. So um, it actually is considered to be one of the most influential animations of all time. Wow. Right. Uh, so the unforgettable sequence actually involves Pluto unknowingly sitting on a sheet of flypaper. <laughs> and it just leads to a series of hilarious, mm-hmm. you know, gags and things of how he's trying to figure out how to get detached from that and free right. himself of that. And um, it was uh, it's considered a dazzling uh, sequence from the hand of William Norman Norm Ferguson, mm-hmm. uh, the primary animator of the Witch in the Snow uh, White and Seven Dwarfs movie. Cool. I think you might have heard of that. Uh, something about it. I, you know, right? Just a small rumor about it. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. You know, little, little film. Indie film. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So anyways, he really shows uh, Pluto's flexibility and, uh, and elasticity mm-hmm. and, but, and showing the annoying um, battle that Pluto is having with this sheet of flypaper. And so it's said to have marked one of the first times an animated character appeared to actually be thinking. Hmm, really? That's interesting. Right. I would have thought by that point that there had been some thinking characters. Right, there. right. Oh. No. So um, I guess mainly they were reacting to things, but mm. in this, he actually is trying to contemplate how to solve <laughs> this problem. And you can actually, it's shared with, that, that kind of emotion is shared with the audience. So um, yeah. the scene actually caught the eyes of Disney legends Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson. Mm-hmm. And they wrote about the wrote about it in their um, book, Disney Animation, The Illusion of Life. 
And they said that the sequence represents a milestone in personality animation. Cool. Yeah. Frank Thomas also went on to note, and this is a quote, this was the key to making a believable character. Getting the character to think and puzzle out a situation, Pluto was ideal for this. Mm. Uh, so through it all, he, you know, it showed his uh, predicament and the thoughts of what to try next to get out of that situation was what was really amazing um, and, you know, a uh, milestone or yeah. you know well i mean one of the things i think we love about pluto and it's credit to uh, the, the various different animators that mm -hmm. have drawn him over the years is the fact that his face is so expressive for right. a dog you know that you know you do see the different situations whether it's just enjoying a, a dog bone right. or whether it's finding that you know seeing that lady love dog or whether it's chip and dale sure. uh, throwing him off and getting <laughs> him upset or whatever it is his face is very expressive right and that is a, again a credit to these very different animators that you have uh, already shared with us right you know and so it is interesting how um you know ferguson was able to without words let the audience really see that pluto was actually thinking so mm -hmm. it wasn't solely just reactionary mm -hmm. um it only lasts 65 seconds in that sequence but they said it opened the uh way for animation of real characters with real problems cool. So, That's um, interesting, yeah. right. And it actually was one of the things that caught Walt's eye so much so that he actually had it, uh, reshot in color in beach picnic. Ah. So, um, you know, it was something that, you know, true animators really saw the importance of what that little sequence did to move animation yeah. for characters. Really cool. Right. So uh, Ferguson died in 1957. Um, however, in 1999, he was named a Disney legend. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I'd like to end with a quote from Walt okay. about Pluto. And he said, um, through all of these great moments, I think I can safely say Pluto hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> He's still the same, unaffected, simple-minded mutt he's always been. So. <laughs> and adorable. And adorable. Pluto is adorable. He is. So, um, you know, it's it's just really great to see such personality in, in a character. Uh, one that, you know, when you watch it, as I mentioned early on, you can't help but smile and, and just love him. Uh, he played a, a role in helping drive animation significantly you know, and then also, as we talked about with the war efforts, you know, he became a symbol, a symbol of hope or love for, you know, people in the military. And I just think that's pretty amazing. You know, I think it's amazing. And great job. Michelle well, always you. has the best research and does a fantastic <laughs> job with these segments. Um, I always find it interesting for characters like Pluto, you know, and we, we talked about it when we did our uh, Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame mm -hmm. when Wally made it in as right. the character, you know, about characters that don't really have dialogue, you know, right. more than what you were discussing, just a couple lines here and there, a little, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. You know, he, yet you can get so much personality out of, right. uh, out of Pluto, out of Wally, because mm -hmm. of the, what the animators have done with them, what they've done with these characters and fall in love with these characters. I, I think it's, it's a, 
it's it's a tougher job, but it's a it's a more amazing job when right. uh, they can create this kind of love for these characters despite them not being saying lines or you know right. not expressing themselves in a different way. It sure. all has to come out from expression, emotion. Um, the situation that they put them in. Right. And, and um, you also have to, uh, you know, kind of uh, empathize with them, know what they're going through, have have a dog of your own or knowing a dog right. that's like Pluto and seeing what they've gone through. And then you can laugh at it because you've seen your dog right. to do something similar, you right. know, which I think they've captured a lot with Pluto. Oh, definitely. Um, I had a dog in Florida and when, I, when he, you know, really started to grow out from just being a little puppy... You could definitely see that. And all I could see in him, he didn't look at all like Pluto. He, he wasn't a... He wasn't yellow? No, he wasn't yellow. Um, but he just, he had the, the walk, the swagger of Pluto <laughs> and the, the funny characteristics of him that I would watch him walk around and think... I could hear the music of Pluto in the back of my head and thinking, oh yeah, that's Pluto. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like you said, he, you know, they, the animators really did capture the personality that you could see in other, other dogs or other animals. And, um, just a beloved character. Yep. And then when you meet him in the parks, uh, it's just like you see him in the cartoons. Right. It's just that lovable when you get to meet and greet with him uh, in the parks as well. You know? And he's got one of the best signatures. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely get that signature if you ever get a chance to right. with Pluto. It's, it's a great one. It so is. Sure, so. It is. So. Michelle's research, always the best <laughs> research. Great job, Michelle. Oh, thank you. I really love it. Um, and we'd love to know what you thought of Pluto. Is there a short that you really <laughs> enjoy with him? Do you relate? to him does he remind you of a dog you've had in the past do you have a great meet and greet with pluto that you remember with your families right. we'd love to know about it uh send it to us and we'll share it on an upcoming show yeah definitely we look forward to hearing from you all and uh thank you for letting me do this this episode yeah so another great michelle deep dive this time <laughs> all about pluto the original disney dog So thanks again, sweetheart. Great oh, job. Thank you. As always, oh, Michelle's research is fantastic. I'm so glad she handles that because <laughs> I'm not a big research person. She does such a great job with it. She does it so well. So that takes that off of my plate. Oh. But, you know, then, you know, when she's and she's diving into it, it's going to be some good stuff. So well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Try to make sure editing out unnecessary. Yeah. You've taught me that. Nah, you do a great job with all your research. So uh, let's get to our Disney stories of the week. I do have a couple for you this week. Uh, and then we, the first couple are have to do with things that may soon or actually will soon be returning. We'll start with a guest favorite piece of entertainment that will soon be returning to the Walt mm. Disney World Resort. This from the Disney Parks blog. They said, we are thrilled to be starting the process of bringing back to work more singers dancers, technicians, and other cast members from uh, one of the most popular shows at the Walt Disney World Resort. Expected this summer, the Harambe Theater at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park will host that fan favorite troupe of musical storytellers along with Simba and Yay! his friends in a celebration of the incomparable Festival of the Lion King. I know so many people were disappointed when that kind of went away right. because of everything that's going on mm -hmm. right now. I'm so glad, and I know you are so glad, right. and I know many of you out there are so glad to hear it's going to be back uh, fairly soon. Right. Now, that that is exciting news, and it's something that, you know, is a treasured uh, production that 
you you go in and it's just so impressive. Yes, it's it's a it's a magnificent show. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've admitted we're not uh, of all the parks at Walt Disney World Resort, the Animal Kingdom Park is not top of our list. Mm-hmm. Okay, we enjoy it just fine. We, there's a lot of great stuff that we love there, and one of those great things that we love there is the Festival right. of the Lion King. We hit it every time we go because yes. it is an amazing show. Um, definitely worth checking out if you haven't been yet. Right. Um, you, you, you you'll really enjoy it. So, uh, when it returns, this is going on with the story here. When it returns, Festival of the Lion King will be presented in a modified format to be mindful of the current environment. There will be adjustments to the show on stage and backstage, including updates to choreography to allow for appropriate physical distancing. Uh, They say they'll also adjust how the audience is seated in line with other theater-based experiences at the Walt Disney World Resort. So, uh, you know, of course, Mm -hmm. they have to think these things through as part of the reason why they stopped it for a while is because they had to reevaluate, you know, the seating there. Um, You know, it's a very much a sing-along type of show, you know, and, you know, that's a little frowned upon right now behind your mask and so they had to figure some things out i'm glad to see that they have done that and that soon they'll you know i'm sure they're rehearsing it now the new portions what they've had to change and it'll be back out there before you know it sure and there's something on disney plus that you know uh behind the scenes that we've seen on that one i don't know if it was a one one a one day at disney Yes, yes, that's right. They were with one of the uh, the uh, monkey, or was it somebody who was with the monkey acrobats or somebody that uh, was one of the monkey acrobats? Right, but or it been Imagineering story. I don't know, it was something. Right, but they looked at it, right. you know, and kind of some of the things that uh, go on back there. It's really cool. Yeah, right. I'll have to find out what that is and post a link for it when we figure it out. Remember what that was, but it, yeah. it, is, it is cool. So just check out everything on Disney Plus and you will find it eventually. <laughs> right. <laughs> it may take you a while, but eventually you'll find it. Uh, so they go on to say, who's ready to clap along with I Just Can't Wait to Be King, thrill to the fire knife performance during Be Prepared, swoon over Can You Feel the Love Tonight, and take in the joyous circle of life. It's going to be an amazing celebration. Now, they, no date was officially announced as to when it was returning. They just said this summer, right. so that could be any time. But I, I, I think it won't be too long. And it'll be interesting to see as things you know, adapt to in our world as, you know, more vaccines are out there and everything else, um, if they can open it up more. But we're just glad to hear, one, the cast members, of course, are returning to their their jobs, but also a show that we, the guests, love is coming back as well. Good point. Yeah. So uh, there was a second announcement of something that is soon returning. This one to Disney Plus as well. This came out this week. It was at least equally as exciting to us. Uh, This, again, from the Disney Parks blog. They said, uh, the Muppet Studio has some exciting news to share and something for which Muppet fans have long been requesting for the very first time all five seasons of the original The Muppet Show which first debuted on television nearly 45 years ago, will be available for streaming on Disney Plus starting on February 19th. Uh, I didn't realize it was that long ago, but it, you know, it's just... It was a phenomenal show. Oh, it's <laughs> you know, such a good so show. So many stars appearing on it, you know, and uh, just a lot of creativity. It was kind of the, when it came out, it was kind of the variety show era sure. when there was a lot of things like Donnie and Marie, Sonny and Cher was right. not that long before that. All sorts of funny shows like that, that, you know. And so it kind of was a, 
offshoot of that, a little vaudeville, right. a little variety show, only it was full Muppets. It was genius, brilliant, so good. I can't, you know, I can't wait to see some of these uh, great stars from that day, you know, within it that right. were, you know, that would appear. They'd have a guest star every single week. It was just, it just total joy, and I'm really looking forward to seeing, reliving it all again because I haven't seen these in sober. Right, right, and I don't, you know, I don't know that I watched a lot of them when they were out, but um, I do remember that you really got to know the personality of the characters because it, it did give an opportunity for more character development than what you see on something. It's kind of like the other, the newer Muppet movies. You get to know their characters' yeah. personality a little bit more, some of their backstory, and so this is this was also yeah. very successful in that. Yeah. Uh, it's especially cool because apparently seasons four and five were never previously available on home entertainment wow. anywhere. So um, I think you could have gotten a, probably a VHS or something, right. or, you know, maybe eventually a DVD or a Blu-ray of the first three seasons, but you never got to see four and five. Wow. So it's great that they're going to be uh, out there for you uh, coming up here in just a few weeks. So uh, they went on to say soon you'll be able to relive the early antics of Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo and the gang or watch them for the very first time. There's a a lot of you 45 mm -hmm. years ago there's a lot That's of you that have never seen right. the Muppet show so you'll kind of get to enjoy a lot of kids um, who get to check this out for the first time uh, in their hilarious variety show which features sketch comedy original songs and guest performances from timeless and legendary stars such as Steve Martin Elton John Liza Minnelli Alice Cooper Julie Andrews who we talked about a little bit earlier mm -hmm. Bernadette Peters Diana Ross Gladys Knight Gene Kelly and Luke himself, Mark <laughs> Hamill, and of course, many, many more. So that's, I'm just so excited that we can just pop that on uh, beginning on February 19th right. and just kind of relive all those great moments. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to look really hokey now, but uh, it still will be fun. I think um, the Mark Hamill one is the one that has probably had the most press and seen at least clips of that. And I think that's the one that's most memorable to yeah. me. So uh, yeah. really cool. That was one of the best pieces of news we yeah. had all week a couple we just talked about a couple huge uh, joyous mm -hmm. pieces of news and that was just one that just tickled me to death when they yeah. and I mentioned it last week that they had teased uh, that, that there was something was coming. I had no idea that this was what it was going to be. Right. So that's just really cool stuff. So uh, finally, uh, we have one more story for you uh, that Disneyland, of course, was a big deal. That story from Disneyland last mm -hmm. week was a huge deal. It yes. still <laughs> is being discussed on social media out there. Especially interesting to us was during that uh, story that mm -hmm. they actually came out about there uh, was the mention that the uh, happiest place on earth would eventually be adding something called membership offerings, quote unquote, mm -hmm. uh, in its place of the annual passes that are, are sunsetting, another <laughs> quote, unquote. Yep. Uh, well, if you were a Disneyland annual pass holder, your chance to lend your voice as to what those offerings might look like is sounds like it's coming to wow. you. So uh, this from the orangecountyregister.com. They said that Disneyland Resort President Ken Potrock, Potrock, I wish I knew how to pronounce his name. I need to look it up and yeah. see how to pronounce his name. But anyway, uh, said during an interview with reporters that the Anaheim theme park will be seeking feedback from pass holders on factors such as price, frequency, spontaneity, and the time of day, week, and year they'd like to use the new replacement program. So nice. uh, Potrock, Potrock uh, spoke in broad terms about a the membership offering, which we were just discussing mm -hmm. a second ago, that would replace Disneyland's AP program and provided some clues about what that could look like. Uh, Disneyland's new membership program, which is already in development, will deliver choice, 
flexibility, and value, according to Potrock. Uh, the goal to spread out attendance at Disneyland and Disney California Adventure while satisfying the largest number of people. This is a quote from Potrock. Potrock. I'm going to get his name. I'm going to find out how to pronounce it. I should have looked it up before we got into this episode, but I, I skipped my mind. So I apologize to him, uh, Mr. President, uh, Mr. Disneyland President. Uh, he said, we're going to use this time as an opportunity to develop new offerings and a new way to think about the business, given the situation we find ourselves in. He went on to say, quote, we're trying to understand what do people want in this new world? When do they want to access the parks? How frequently do they want to access our parks? With what level of spontaneity, with what level of value, all those kinds of things and many more. So it sounds like for those of you who are Disneyland annual pass holders mm-hmm. like us, mm-hmm. uh, that sometime soon we will be receiving some sort of survey, some right. sort of email, something along the lines to respond to. And then you can kind of chime in so they can kind of help shape. I'm sure they have a, a general skeleton idea right. in place right now, but you, maybe it might help them shape it a little bit more that whenever Disney sounds out surveys, you should respond to them because there's important information uh, within them. Right. And and they're, they are excellent at capturing information through surveys. And, you know, again, it shows a sign of a, a strong company where you're, you're comfortable with asking your customers what they want. I mean, it's a kind of a basic business theme, but a lot of companies don't necessarily do that. They feel like they know what the, the customer wants and they're going to make it. And here Disney is really great at achieving that feedback so that they can incorporate it into the planning. Yeah. So uh, really cool. Looking forward to seeing what this mm-hmm. survey has. If we receive it, I'm assuming we will since we were a Disneyland ad annual pass holder, right. but uh, interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah. So, so it's great that they're, they are, you know, realistic and coming up with plans that, you know, are going to be obviously not exactly what was there. I mean, our world isn't what it was mm-hmm. back then. And then, uh, you know, looking to make the the best of it. So yeah. I, I think they've done great. You know, they, you know, they also have the history of trying different types of programs, um, you know, like d- out here in Southern California with the Flex Pass, which had the, the uh, parks reservation system already in place back then. And kind of using some of that history and that knowledge of how that worked to see what might be appealing to mm-hmm. people now. By the way, during this week, especially when uh, the, they announced that the Disneyland annual pass is going away, um, this is a it's a different world. Mm-hmm. For those of you who only know the Walt Disney World Resort, right. believe me, Disneyland is a completely different animal than the Walt Disney World Resort as far as who visits on a right. day-by-day basis, okay? So this was something that had to kind of be done because of the situation it's in. Now, there were some stories that came out because there were some different websites that decided, you know, hey, I'm going to, we're going to jump on this and jump on people's paranoia out wow. there, you know, of like, oh, Walt Disney World's not selling any new annual passes right, right now. Okay. And so people, of course, already were concerned that maybe their Walt Disney World passes were going away, right. started clicking on this stuff and which is wow. exactly what they wanted. Okay. Right. They have not been selling annual passes for a while now because of the fact that, you know, I mean, they just still have to control their capacity. It doesn't mean that the annual pass is going away. Right. We were able to renew our Walt Disney World mm-hmm. annual pass. If you have an annual pass, you can renew it right now at the Walt Disney World right. Resort. They wouldn't allow you to do that, I believe, if they were planning on getting sure. it rid of at any time in the immediate future. So again, there's a lot of people out there who try and put stories out. They just want your clicks. Um, 
don't feed into it, you know, and it's just because, it, you know, it's just annoying because you don't get any new information, but it does stir up your paranoia right, more than yeah, anything else. That's true. And, you know, it's it's just better to, you know, wait and see, look at what, what is out there already in terms of uh, information and just realize that uh, they are going to try to make something that will help people enjoy the parks, uh, again, in a different format, but you know, something that is still going to be enjoyable. Right. And by the way, we were tied into for a short time early on in this podcast Mm -hmm. life into a website that did exactly what I'm discussing. And so we know what's going on with some of these websites. I'm not going to say it by name, but uh, was one of the biggest mistakes we ever made, tying ourselves to that <laughs> website for a little bit. We were happy to get out of it. And um, as a matter of fact, our Mary Poppins Returns right. um, uh, review is was on that website. Right. And I'm bummed that I that that's where it ended up because yeah. of that. But, but uh, anyway, it was a great review. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, just, you know. You'll read your Disney stuff, but just kind of look at the source of it and, and, and think about things before you, because there's a lot of people that they, they get paid for you to click on the website. Right. That's it. Yes, you know, exactly. So, so anyway, uh, sorry about that. Uh, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but I just thought it needed to be mentioned out there. So uh, that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start with Michelle, one, because <laughs> she's gorgeous, <laughs> super hardworking. She does amazing research. Oh, but she also has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. You're so sweet, honey. So, you know, I, I thought, well, if we're doing a story about Pluto, should do a tip related to pets. So um, in some of this, uh, we've kind of delved in in the past, but just wanted to give updates because, you know, things have changed over time. But if you are traveling with pets, uh, Walt Disney World still gives you some conveniences for that. Um, some of the resorts are dog friendly. Mm-hmm. You can have um, up to two. And those include right now uh, Fort Wilderness Cabins and Art of Animation Studio Rooms. Nice. Yeah. So um, if you have a pet other than a dog that you're hoping to bring to the most magical place on earth, um, you can check out the Best Friends Pet Care. Mm. And uh, they actually uh, house not only dogs, uh, but other pets, um, such as, well, cats also, but pocket pets. Pocket pets. Pocket pets, mm. like lizards, birds, and rodents. Okay. So there you go. There are options available for you. What about you. my goldfish? Will I take my goldfish? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck getting that on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I had to carry him in a little three ounce bottle. That's right. That's all they allow that's liquid it. on the plane. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, you know, there are options if you are traveling with your pet and uh, you can all, always go to their website and get more information as well. Or, cool. or if you have questions for us, if, if we don't know the answer, we'll try to help guide you through that. Perfect. And Michelle's tip. Always the best <laughs> tip. Uh, great job, Michelle. Again, another great job. Uh, my tip this week, and this comes um, actually with something that was brought up by the Disney Parks blog. And, uh, you know, today happens to be, and I didn't know this. I found this out from the Disney Parks blog. It happens to be a National Compliment Day. Ooh. And one thing that Disney's doing right now is they're showing some videos of uh, some cast members 
receiving their cast compliments, hashtag cast oh. compliments that they've received um, from so many guests out there. So I just want to remind people that this is the perfect day, National Compliment Day, that when you go to the parks and somebody treats you nicely or uh, goes over and above right. everything, be sure and give them out a hashtag cast compliment out on social media. Right. Because believe me, Disney obviously is paying attention to this. They do in some ways reward uh, some of their cast members, you know, and, and shows them, hey, you know, you, you did a great right. job. You're being noticed by people. And we all know the cast members are the, the they bring the magic to right. all of our Disney stays, all our Disney visits. And so it's definitely worth um, shouting them out, you know, rewarding them. And they're so glad that Disney does also agree with this, look for right. them and is happy to let them know, look, you're doing a great job that the guests say so themselves. Right, exactly. I mean, who doesn't like to get recognition for, you know, their hard work and the cast members really do a lot of hard work and they have to deal with, you know, a lot of things. I'm, I know that a lot of times they're in the midst of people having wonderful, joyous times. Um, but sometimes that's not always the mm -hmm. case and they still have to, you know, ma maintain their composure and try to help convert that into a more magical moment. And uh, it's great that, that you have that opportunity to, you know, publicly announce the cast compliments and that, like you said, Disney does, um, you know, definitely sh also share that recognition. And, and they generally also reply when you do a cast mm -hmm. compliment that they, you know, give some kind of feedback to, to reassure you that somebody at the company is looking at those to take some action on it. Yeah. So uh, how you do it? Just to, just a reminder, I know many of you already know this, but just in case you don't, when you go, if there's someone that treats you well, um, get their name. Mm -hmm. It should be on their badge, but you can get their name. Uh, where they were located, you know, what what was it? Uh, was it, you know, a front desk of a right. certain resort? Was it an attraction? Was it a restaurant? restaurant. Whatever. Um, tell them where it's from. You know, tag Disney in it while mm -hmm. Disney World in it or Disneyland when Disneyland reopens, Disney Cruise Line, whatever. And then hashtag cast compliment right. and all those things. They'll, they'll find it and they will recognize uh, these different cast members uh, for the great job they did. Right. It's a really simple thing to do. And yet it really goes a long ways. Yeah. If you can get a picture, you know, don't, you know, ask the obviously cast member right. if they're willing to have a picture taken of them. But if you can get a picture of them too, that's even more uh, helpful. that much better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, but be sure and ask them before you do. Don't just put out a picture out there on social <laughs> right. media without asking them first. So that's it for this week. Next week, well, we're getting close to that big game, that <laughs> big football game. It's a game. super kind of a it's game. It's a super kind of game. <laughs> Maybe you'll have a bowl of chips with it. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Super Bowl. They're not gonna, hopefully, the NFL is going to hunt us down for this, but right. I don't think they could because we don't make any money off of this show. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so that's coming up. So we thought, you know, there were a lot of things within Disney that have to do with sports. Um, you know, there's a lot of shorts, the goofy shorts that are the how to's right. that have to do with sports. Right. There's films. There's a lot of great, uh, kind of based on a true story, mm -hmm. uh, live action Disney films based on sports. So we're going to look at all of that. And I, I think Michelle might do some research on this, but I'm sure I can share in this too, because, um, I enjoy a lot of these films. I'm sure well. some way we can make it a five fave too. Something like that. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, but we'd love your input on it. We'll put it out on the newsletter. We'll put it out on social media today exactly what the topic will be and what we'll be looking for mm -hmm. on it. But uh, if you have any uh, idea on what you enjoy sports-wise from uh, Disney movies, right. you know, 
animated shorts, whatever the case may be. We'd love to hear from you about it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, yes. So uh, as for today, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... We'd love you to sign up for our newsletter. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter. It's just kind of another way to be more in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. And that's, you know, that's mostly what it's about is just kind of just keeping you more in touch with what we have going on. Another way to be in touch with what we have going on is to follow us on social media. We are very active on social media and we enjoy being active with you on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. Hopefully you're checking out some of these episodes on our YouTube channel. Uh, If you want to find us there, just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. If you have any questions about any of our episodes or any feedback or anything questions of us uh please don't hesitate to to send us a little email yeah uh, even if you just want to say hi we're happy to hear from you every single time whenever we get an email it brightens up our day yeah so thank you very much so and thank you for listening to another episode of the hyperion adventures podcast we look forward to sharing some time with you again next week until that time i'm tom i'm michelle and we hope that you have a magical week bye